Okay, welcome back to the Breaking Ground podcast. We are here on episode three. Appreciate you listening and being here with us today. Uh, we've got a cool guest, Addison Fields with Fields Construction out of uh, Georgia, I believe. Uh, Addison's going to share some of his experience with us, tell us about how he built his business, and uh, really looking forward to pulling some pulling some wisdom out of Addison. So how are you doing today? I'm good, sir. How are you? Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm great. Glad to have you. Thank you for making time. Um, I, I think I found your business here. It looks like you're in Lafayette, Georgia, and uh, you sound like you're from Georgia. <laughs> oh, yeah. Born and raised. That deep Southern drawl. I like it. Um, so oh, tell yeah. us a little bit about your company, Addison. Uh, how'd you get started? Uh, how long you been in business? That type of stuff. All right. So right now I'm 32 years old. Uh, I grew up, my dad always had uh, since uh, the early, I think late 80s, he had a dozer and a backhoe and a single axle dump truck. And that's what uh, I grew up around that. Uh, Mom done the bookkeeping. He had a couple guys work for him and uh, he just put in septic systems, uh, you know, dug basements, dug footings, all the residential stuff around our little town. And uh, 2000, you know, 2008 hit. In about 2010, you know, I was 2021, and I was like, man, I am just sick and tired of 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 not getting a paycheck. You know, all my buddies, you know, they get paid every Friday, and Dad was winding down, and he's like, I just don't want to fight this fight anymore. I'm going to go, you know, just kind of retire, and if you want this business, you can have it. And, of course, me being 20, 21 years old, I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to dig ditches my whole life. and um, so I went and got a job at, uh, H&E Equipment Services, uh, being a, started out, I had CDLs, I had CDLs since I was 18, um, started out driving a truck for them a little bit, wash equipment, I always liked the mechanic inside of it, I always worked on dad's stuff, and, uh, I always liked working on my trucks and cars and whatever we could get our hands on, and, um, Worked my way up from wash guy, truck driver, went into being a shop technician, then went to being a field tech, uh, went through the Grove training, got uh, got certified on some Grove's uh, crane stuff and helped with a few rebuilds of some big Manitowocs and then worked my way into being the service manager at the branch. Uh, had about five mechanics working for me and uh, then got opportunity with the uh, equipment manufacturer to be their product support rep done that for about two years traveling and everything and 2020 came up and they sent us home and they said you're gonna do this you're gonna do that and a lot of things i didn't like so i said you know what i've always had a, a piece of equipment around and everybody always told me hey can you put my septic system in hey can you dig my footing hey can you do this hey we can't find nobody so i just said about November of 2020, I said, you know what, I'm going back into dirt business. So I quit my job and bought a, I had a Mini X and bought a skid steer and had an old service truck and just started building it from there. And, <clears throat> and now we got three excavators, skid steer, dozer, dump truck, trailers, straw blowers, all kinds of attachments. And, and it's just been going like crazy ever since. Wow. You're probably the perfect type of person 
to start your own excavation business, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> a mechanic, you got a CDL, you like working on stuff, you've been around it your whole life. Like if that's not a natural transition, I, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they always told us in school and stuff, you know, 18 years, find your passion, find what you like. And I was like, I don't know what I'm passionate about, but I always liked equipment. And it took me till I was 30 to figure out, like, man, this is what I like to do. I like the digging. I like the equipment. I like the, I like the pressure. I like the struggle. Uh, uh, some days I hate it, but I still like it. Even on days I hate it, uh, I still like it. And, you know, we do all our maintenance. And, I mean, I like working on it and fixing it and, you know, doing the jobs, dealing with the people. I love talking to people. Uh, I love solving the problems for people that, you know, when somebody's like, man, we can't find anybody to put our reception system in because it, it's so difficult. And I'm like, hey, I'll do it. That, you know, the difficult jobs are the easy ones to get. Yeah. Um, oh, 100%. Everybody wants the easy, everybody wants the easy job. Uh, but we've kind of made a name for ourselves when they say, oh, this has got to be a pump and equal distribution and all this. And they say, you know, hey, these guys do a lot of that. So, um, it really helps. Uh, and I've got, you know, my dad, I've got some friends that they have done this their whole life. And, you know, we all, we all make it work out pretty good. So you decided to go full time with it, uh, 2020, um, right at the beginning of the pandemic, which is, uh, I guess, I get a lot of people were doing uh, projects then. So I guess that was probably a good time, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that 10 years, maybe you lost 10 years of potentially building a business, but you gained so much experience. You're probably far ahead you know, of a lot of people. And I, and I, I thought about it when I, I thought, man, you know, if I'd have done this 10 years ago, but for me to be the person that I am today, I had to go through those experiences because I would have done what dad always done. And we do 100%. things a lot different than my dad used to do it. So, but it took me going out in the world doing different things, seeing how other people do things and like, Oh, that's so much better, you know? And now what used to take, you know, me and dad, another guy three days to do me and one other guy do it a day. Um, yeah, just te technology, uh, and just, just seeing, a, you know, being open-minded, you know, I, I'm one of them people like, Hey, if you got a better way to do this, show me. Cause I want to know it, you know, 100%. Uh, I think that's a lot of people. They, they go into business for themselves and they do a couple jobs and they think, man, they really was customers really happy how it looked and everything. Well, that may be true, but most of the time your customer doesn't know what they're even looking at. They know you back drag it may look smooth, you know, so it yeah. looks good, yeah. but did it work? You know, did you, are you actually diverting the water away? Are you creating another problem? They don't really know what they're doing, but they've got too much pride to go out and ask. And if I see somebody, that's doing something and I'm like, man, that looks good. And that's going to work. I'm going to do that next time. Uh, I think yeah. that's where a lot of people struggle is to, they think just cause they've done a few jobs and it looked good that, you know, there's nothing else to learn. They already know. Is, do you find that there's a lot of pride in this industry? Like there's a lot of people who don't want to learn. There, there's a lot of uh, like, I already, I know how to do this. Get out of the seat. I know what I'm doing. Get out of here. I can handle this. And, and uh, rather than yeah, trying to learn from, from, from the last generation, you I know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of it too, like locally, you know, there's three or four guys that do what we do. Well, like 
they don't want to talk. You know, we see each other in the hardware store or something, and they don't really want to speak to me or nothing or, or whatever. They don't want to ask help from each other. But they'll get on Facebook or YouTube and see somebody that's doing it in another state, and they're like, oh, I want to do that way. And they'll adopt that practice, but they wouldn't adopt it for me if I was to show them. Um, and I've always been one of them like, hey, I'm friends with everybody. You know, everybody's got to work. I stay busy. And, you know, I, and I don't really compete with anybody. I have my customer base and, and I do work for them. And I don't really go out and try to take somebody's work. You know, if, if this guy over here, he works for this contractor and, and they work good, hey, that's great. I'm, you know, if it's working, I'm not coming over there to try to, to take his work. You know, he needs to, you know, keep using who you're using. And I'm, I have my people that use me and, you know, uh, that seems to work best, but there's a lot of pride. I mean, everybody has a lot of pride, you know, uh, in this industry. I mean, it's just trades in general, you know, whether you're a plumber or a carpenter or whatever. They, everybody's got a lot of pride, and they think their work is the best and their stuff is the best, and, which that's what makes it good. That's what makes everybody try harder, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that if you can let go of that, competitive mentality where the other guy is is the competition and it's not like you can't view it as a zero-sum game right i mean every the more you can collaborate and be good with the people around you doing the same type of work the more everybody wins i mean there's going to be times when the guy down the road has a surplus and you might not and who's who's he going to hand the work off to right like developing those relationships oh, yeah, having kind of an adversarial relationship i think it's key Oh, I do too. And I mean, my thing is, it's like with price and stuff, you know, if, if I'm out here doing something for, you know, $30 a foot and you're doing it for, you know, and that's what the going rate is and you're doing it for 20. Well, you're like, well, I'm getting busy. Well, why don't you do it for 28 <laughs> and you make $8 more and you're still cheaper than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, I don't understand why everybody wants to, they don't want to share what they charge. I mean, I'll tell anybody what I charge to do whatever. Um, it's no secret. Um, but I feel like we all, we're all try to keep our secrets. Like we're doing something that somebody else isn't doing. It's, you know, putting a septic system in, I mean, they come out and inspect it. So it's pretty much got to be the same way I do it or you're not going to pass it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, really everybody got one way. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they've only got, they act like they got a secret to it, and there's really no secret to it. It's, so I don't know why you hide what you charge because you tell your customers. So um, it just seems like it's natural to want to compete on price, and price is, in any business, in my opinion, is the worst thing to compete on. You know, there's a, there's a dozen other ways to add value uh, to a job from, you know, even having clean, decent equipment that's not leaking oil, guys who show up on time, obviously do good work. You know, there, there's a lot of extras that you can that you can sell that aren't the price. You know, I, I in any job I do, right. I never want to be the cheapest guy. Never. It's not worth oh, it. Oh, I absolutely and I'm I'm very set on, you know, when I tell you a price, that's my price. I'm not gonna negotiate. You know, you don't go to Walmart to buy groceries and get up there with the cashier and say, Well, I know you say it's two hundred dollars, but I want to give you hundred and fifty. Like it doesn't work that way. It works the same in my business. I got overhead. I got mouth speed. So, you know, whatever my price is, that's my price. If you want somebody cheaper, I'm sure you can find it, but it's not going to be me. 
Um, and I, I tell people, I, I won't leave until the job is done and you're happy. And the job be done correctly. If there's any issues, I always make sure they're taken care of. Uh, when I say I'm going to be there, that's when I'm there. If something comes up and things do, I call them. Hey, you know, I'm not going to make it today. And usually that communication is key in something like that. Yeah, and that's a selling point, right? I mean, people people want clear communication. That's that's a big deal for some people. When I'm spending money, I want I want that. You know, that's part of what I want to buy is somebody who's going to communicate because there's nothing more frustrating than a contractor who doesn't show up or who comes late or won't return your phone calls. Oh yeah, and I mean, I, I contribute to success to my business from I do what I say I'm going to do. You know, is there somebody out there that can probably make it look better than me or do it faster than me? Absolutely there is. But I've done what I said I was going to do. I've done the best I could. I know I left that job at 100% when I left. Yeah. And I also charge a fair price for doing it. You know, I'm not trying out here to get rich on every job. Um, I want the repeat business, you know. And all my most, yeah. I bet 90% of my work is all repeat business. 90%. Wow, that's 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 really good. <laughs> um, would you be willing to tell us a little more about uh, the type of work you do? You know, land clearing, septic. If you're primarily working yeah, we for do. contractors so or what, homeowners, what we really like to do, and the the thing that does us the best is when a homeowner buys land, and around us it happens a lot. You don't always like if you build your personal house, you don't have to be the general contractor. You don't have to have a general contractor. You can do it yourself. So we go in with the homeowner, uh, the job we're working on now, about 17 acres. They say, hey, we're going to build two houses, one here, one here. You know, we don't really know where to start. My dad was also a GC so I, uh, for residential. So I go in, like, well, we need to build a road. We need to clear this. We need to, you know, where I go in, we put the roads in. We... We dig the basement, we dig the footings, pour those, get them started. They get a block layer or board wall, <coughs> excuse me. And, uh, you know, I get them started with that. You know, I put their water in. Uh, we got a good relationship with the local utilities. You know, I help them get, I help the customer get through the process. I'm not the one that just shows up and says, yeah, I can put your water line in $5,000, you know. I'm like, you need to call down here. You need to get the the tap put in. Uh, talk to this guy. He'll help you out um, and make the, help them make the process as easy as possible. Then, you know, as soon as they get the house framed up, everything down the outside, we'll come back, put the septic in, finish their water. Um, we'll dress the yard, finish the yard, prep for the concrete around the house. Um, that's what we like. That's what we focus on. We do a lot of septic work, um, do a lot of grading uh, out for building pads, uh, things like that. I mean, we do jobs from $500. I just sent a bid in last night for $300,000. Um, we go, you know, we've done commercial stuff, underground retention, um, things like that. I mean, we we just kind of spread thin over everything and, and do a little bit of all, but the, mainly the residential 
people. We got, I'm very shy about working for contractors. I want to know the reputation of that contractor before <laughs> I say I work for them. Um, uh, right. I've got two that I work for, do a lot of work for, you know, and they're fantastic. Uh, they're good contractors. You know, I got one, man. He just sends me a text. This address needs a septic system. I go put the septic system in, send him a bill. I get checked in the mail. I may not even see him there. Um, we got it, a great relationship. It is, nice. it is nice getting paid, right? And and that's one of the things about homeowners is you can you can sometimes collect up front or you know throughout the job or immediately after. But I, I know a lot of bigger contractors sometimes they want net thirty, sixty, ninety sometimes to get paid. That's a long time to wait. Oh yeah, and and some of the problems I see. You know, we we're we're in the south, so everybody's very, you know, nice. Most people are trustworthy, but I want to if I come out to look at your job and I just don't have that warm fuzzy feeling, I feel like there may be an issue. Maybe I won't get paid. Maybe I can't <laughs> satisfy. You. I'll just bow out of the job and say, hey, this ain't really a good fit for us. You know, we're too busy. Uh, you may want to give somebody else a call. Um, you know, because the last thing I want to do is get strung out twenty, thirty thousand dollars in material, and then you say, you know what? I just really don't like it, so I'm not paying for it. <laughs> and I've never had an issue with getting paid, but I have walked away for some jobs that I could have made a ton of money. But I just said, you mm-hmm. know what? This just ain't for me. I think that's a big thing people get tied up into is trying to, you know get up there and really get deep into it because they say, Oh, I'm going to make all this money, but I'd rather just, you know, you never lose money on a job you didn't do. For sure. Yeah. You, you kind of touched on this. This is totally off topic, but people in Georgia are so nice. We did a, a road trip last year. We actually drove from uh, Fort Myers Beach, Florida, back to British Columbia, so like clean across the continent. Oh, and when you pass, when you pass from Florida into Georgia, you can feel it in the air. <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's, well, people yeah, they're, get they're so Georgia. friendly. <clears throat> oh yeah, well, there's Georgia and Atlanta. People live in Atlanta mostly aren't from Georgia, right? Uh, yeah, but Georgia, fair. like you know, we're in the South. Everything's a little slower. Um, everybody's, you know, uh, and I'll be honest. Most of the time, I like get money. The people that have less money are more apt to pay me than the people that have the most. Um, yeah, through what I found. Um, but um, everything, I mean, around here, it, it's pretty laid back. And I mean, I've heard some horror stories from other places. They say. Oh, you got to have a contract. And oh, you got to have money up front. For the most part, 95% of the time, I don't have a contract up front. I don't have any money up front. I do the job and I tell them, when I get done, I won't pay. And usually nobody has any trouble. Yeah. And if they don't pay, what do you do? You just give them their dirt back on their front lawn? <laughs> I tell them, I, I tell them, I said, I'll, I'll dig it all up. Whether I actually would or not, that's a different story. But I'll tell them, you know, I'll put your septic system in. You don't pay me. I'll dig it all back up and take it with me. And well, I, I hope I hope you don't have the opportunity to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope I don't either. Uh, but like I said, I, I've never had any issue with it. 
and like I said, a lot right of the people that I work for now are, are people that we used to work with my dad, you know, uh, he had a lot of customers. I mean, he was at it for 35 years and, you know, I kind of got the opportunity because I was his son, but I had to prove myself because I've had him say, well, if you're as good as your dad was, then, then we'll keep using you. <clears throat> okay. Well, that's fine. And you know, most of them keep using me. So, uh, it's worked out well. So when you first started out, just going back closer to the beginning, 2020, uh, you decided to go for it. Um, how did you kind of launch off? So you've left the the big company. How'd you get your first few jobs? Um, right at the, I guess that would have been at the beginning of the pandemic. Pandemic there. How did you? How did you so, get started? You know, did you do any advertising? Did you have connections? People you already knew. Uh, a lot of it was people I already knew. Like I said, I had a Mini X and a service truck and a trailer, so I was, mm-hmm. you know, on the weekends. Uh, the job I had. You know, we we got off basically Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So on the weekends, you know, Friday we'd go dig footings. And, you know, Thursday night I may go dig a footing and we go pour it on Friday. Um, you know, put a septic system in, and I traveled for the company. So I would leave, you know, maybe leave a little late, get it inspected, and the guy that helps me, I'd have him go over there and cover it up. Uh, and it's just word of mouth, just telling folks I I made a Facebook page. And, you know, I had, I don't know, 500 friends or whatever, and I sent them an invitation, like it, you know, and then I took whatever job I could get. I mean, we were pouring concrete at one time, pouring patios and driveways because I was taking whatever I could get. Uh, You know, I I feel like that's what everybody does. Whatever you can get. If it's a job, yeah, I'll take it. I'll do it. Whatever. And um, it didn't take me long to figure out I didn't want to be pouring concrete. Um, So... But we just, I mean, I, I made, I did advertise a little bit on Facebook, but it, it soon became more of, you know, go down to the hardware store and tell the guy that owns the hardware store, hey man, you know, I got a mini X and I'm out here, you know, trying to do stuff. If you know anybody needs anything, tell them give me a call. I'd love to give them a price. Um, tell everybody you meet. You know, um, I had one of the big things. I had some hats made. A friend of mine has an embroidery machine. And he made me, I don't know, 20 hats. So everybody loved the hats. Everybody wanted a hat. So anybody that wanted a hat here, you could take a hat. And uh, still give them out the same hats to this day. I mean, they're like, man, I like that hat. Even if they don't, uh, I don't get the job. Or I mean, I've people, I gave people hats. That they'll never call me for nothing. But I've also had same people come up and say, man, I've seen so-and-so wearing your hat. And I have no idea who they are. But they recognize me and the company, um, and and like I said, we're in a very small town. I mean, the the the, the county probably has sixty thousand people in it. The town I'm closest to has eight thousand people in it. So it's mm-hmm. a very tight community. So word spreads fast on anything, especially if something bad happens. Yeah, and I love that kind of guerrilla marketing you know, get some hats made. It's cheap too, right? I mean, bulk hat purchases, it's, you can get a lot of hats for a couple hundred bucks, right? And, and people oh, love and, that. And people remember it. The hat. Yeah, everybody wants a hat. Uh, so, I mean, to me, it's one of those things like, why wouldn't you? I mean, it's like, every, well, you know, it might be 300 bucks. Do you know what I mean? How much money I've made off of a 
$10 hat. Uh, yeah, I'll pass them out by the boxes. Yeah, I, I think that, that that type of marketing is really important in the beginning. Just going out and talking to people, find the right people, find the hardware store owners, call other contractors. You know, I, I've... I've said this on the podcast before, actually, but I, I think the best money you can spend in the beginning is a fifth guy who's five years ahead of you in the business. Just buy him lunch and pick his brain. Um, you don't have to spend a lot, right? Oh, yeah. And I mean, I've, I've told some of the other people that are in our area that I know are starting out like, hey, man, if you if you get into something you don't know, call me. I'll come help. I'll come tell you what I would do. I'm not saying what I mm. I know everything or what's right, but I would share my experience and say, well, this is what I would do in this situation. And I would also, mm. I mean, I, uh, a guy I know just got his septic license. I told him, hey, man, if you, you get something you don't know, or if you want to come to my job and help us, you know, or watch, or, you know, he said, well, I'd really like to see you dig a footing. I've never, I, I, I'm too scared to tackle that. I said, well, next footing I get, you're more welcome to come out, see how we do it. You know, I'll answer any question. I'll tell you anything. You know, you go do your first one. I'll I'll help you, or you know, whatever. I mean, like I said, we don't have to be enemies because we are in the same business. No, no, and you shouldn't be. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's. So you're at this point now uh, where you've got steady work. Sounds like you've got at least one person working for you. Um, so you're no longer a startup. You're consistent. You got money coming in. Got a few machines. Um, what have been your biggest challenges getting to that point? Um, getting from, you know, I'm just, I'm a guy with an excavator, which is way ahead of where most people start. <laughs> most people start as a guy with no excavator. But what what oh, have, yeah. what have been the biggest challenges getting to where you are now? So I'd say my biggest challenge is is. It's not the machines or the jobs, but it's the stress and the long hours. And uh, I'm married. I got uh, a daughter. So <clears throat> there's a lot of time invested into it. And you got to be, you know, when you start up, you got to make every job perfect. You got to do the best you can. You got to get it done on time to get to the next one. Because when I started, I didn't have any money. You know, I didn't have money to on a rainy day, like, oh, I'll just sit here and do nothing. Uh, we slopped through the mud. You know, we done whatever we had to do to work as much as we could. Get mm -hmm. as much done as possible. And, you know, the challenges of, well, I need to buy concrete. Well, you don't have an account. Well, how can I buy it COD? Well, yeah, but it's $200 a yard. Well, how much is it if I got an account? Oh, it's 130 Oh, God, I got to oh. get an account. You know, you don't have a, you, you know, so getting all that, the business side of it, because I'm an operator. That's what I'm good at is operating, doing the job. The <clears throat> business side of it is the struggle to me. I fight with it. I mean, I've got QuickBooks and my wife is awesome and, and super smart. So she handles a lot of our, she does all our bookkeeping because it would be just a train wreck without her because all the insurance and all the stuff is the that that's the struggle you know dot numbers and 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 things like that uh getting all that is was is it's still a struggle but we've just kind of gotten used to it 
Uh, yeah, and I think that was the hardest play. part. Hmm. I think that's common, right? You, you get like what types of people go into excavation as a business? Operators, people who like the work, they know their they know their way around a dirt pile and a machine, but the business side of it is a whole other thing. I wonder if oh yeah, maybe it would be best to not for you, but just just you know, at starting that type of business, maybe partnering with someone who has more of a business background would be a a way to do it. I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing, but. Oh yeah, I mean, I think that's. I mean, I have a a friend of mine. We're actually business partners in another another venture I have, and he is. Me and him have perfect complementing skill sets. He is very thorough. He knows how to read plans. He knows how to do the business. He knows the legal side of it, but he's not real good at doing anything. He just doesn't know how. He'll do it. He just doesn't know how. So that's where I come in and I can do all the stuff. He handles all the paperwork, all the legal, getting the permits, everything. And then I just go do it here. We got this, go do it. Okay. We'll go do that. And it works fantastic. Mm -hmm. And and we trust each other. I think trust is a big thing. If you don't trust each other a hundred percent, it'll never work. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you got to have trust. Um, so you're you're at the point you're at now. You got a few machines. You got lots of work. Where where are you going? What's next? You know, do you want to be one of these big mega companies with you know all kinds of property and trucks and the whole deal, or are you going to kind of stay stay where you're at now and and just grow in uh, in revenue and profit? I I, I look at. I don't want to be the big contractor. I don't want to be that guy. But I want to stay where it's most profitable because I'm looking for the bottom line. I mean, we all work for money. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But I don't care to get, I mean, you know, some of these big contractors, I mean, they're working on 2% margins. I mean, to me, that just, of course, now they're doing multi, multi million dollar jobs. But I don't think that that's where I want to be. I'm looking for me and, you know, three or four guys. If we can grow into that, I want to get a little bit more into the commercial space, doing some mm-hmm. more bigger commercial jobs. But I don't want to build Walmart. I want to build, you know, the the doctor's clinic, uh, the new, you know, the new strip mall over here next to Walmart. Uh, I want to be involved more in that stuff than I am currently. Um, we're just stepping into that. We're looking to hire somebody else right now to bring on another one. We also, uh, beginning of this year, we also got into the pumping, septic pumping business. Uh, so we're trying to, we're keeping that going, keeping the excavating going. Um, so we're, we're trying to broaden out that way and in the excavation side of things too. So, uh, right now the struggle is finding somebody that wants to work, um, that, you know, doesn't want to make $50 an hour on their first day uh, and actually wants to show up every day and, and grow with us and um, kind of get started at the bottom and, and go up from there. And that's what we're that's looking at. That's the story. That's the oh, story yeah. all over right now. Trying to find good people is uh, apparently not very easy. Yeah, I mean, I, the guy that started helping me, 
he has been phenomenal. I mean, he was just out of high school, never really been around any of this. I've trained him. He's got his CDLs now. Uh, you know, I mean, he's doing jobs on his own. I mean, he takes a truck and a piece of equipment. He goes and does a job. I go and do a job. We come together on the next job and do it together. And, I mean, it's working out fantastic. And if I could have another one of them, then we would just continue that process as long as we could. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> but I'm not looking to be a multi-billion dollar company like some of these guys are. Okay. Um, this is a question that I ask uh, all all of the the company owners I interview. You don't have to answer it if you don't want. I got one preloaded. If you don't, <laughs> what what common <laughs> advice do you disagree with? Whether you know that this can be operating or or running jobs or business marketing, just anything anything uh, anything related to your business. What uh, what do a lot of people say that you don't agree with? Hmm. That's a good question there. Um, hmm. Again, I got one preloaded. If you don't want to answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, that's hard for me to come up with. I, I'm sure you could tell me and I would, uh, I could agree or disagree with a lot of things. Um, but I've got to feel like everybody's like, you know, you got to do it cheaper than that guy. So you can beat that mm. guy. I disagree with that. I don't have to do it cheaper. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't agree with, with the, well, see what they're doing and see how they're doing it. And we'll do it for less than them. Or, you know, I don't agree with that at all. You know, I think you need to know your price, know what you're worth and, and you need to charge that. Um, 100% what's your preloaded? don't compete on price so what's your preloaded question oh uh, I my mine was I think I might have shared this on here before but I I, I see a lot of people um, wasting money on marketing when they first start I see people putting huge amounts of money into Facebook ads and Google ads and, and sometimes big fancy websites. And there's a place for that stuff, but you can also dump a lot of money into it. You know, I, I think I, we mentioned this before. I like guerrilla marketing. I like hats. I like phone calls. I like buying lunch. I like meeting people. You know, if you're a new business, you're on a budget, right? Like you said, you got mouths to feed. Oh, absolutely. You can't be uh you can't be spending five, six hundred, a thousand dollars a month on on Facebook ads to maybe get work, right? I mean, we've kind of touched on this in a couple different ways, but instead of you and people as adversarial or or your competitors, you know, look at guys and go, how can I work with that person? You know, how can I fill a need that they have and then approach them sure. that way? And it's the easiest way to get work is from somebody who already has too much of it, right? And where right. where we are right now, a lot of the big companies are subcontracting out certain types of work. And, and I just think there's a huge opportunity right there. I mean, that that's a business, right? Get get in with the people oh, who are already getting the phone calls and, and have them pass some of the work off to you. And it's oh, the yeah. easiest way to get started, in my opinion. Well, I'll tell you, now that you said that, I'll tell you some advice that I always hear that I don't agree with is they say, if you're going to go in business, go buy new equipment because you can't afford to work on it. And, you know, I just 
don't agree with that. I mean, because I, I understand what they're talking about. If it's not running, it's not making money. But mm-hmm. when you're talking about going and putting a young guy with young family, you're going to go put yourself in hundred, two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt on something that you really don't know if you want to do it or it's going to make it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my first mini X, I gave ten thousand dollars for, uh, and it's nothing fancy. It was a eight thousand pound Mustang. Still got it. Still use it. One of the best machines I've ever had. Um, you know, ten thousand dollars. I had a three thousand dollar ninety five Ford service truck and a three thousand dollar trailer. I painted mm-hmm. it all up, made it look nice, but you know, I'm sitting here at twenty grand. Worst thing that ever happens, I sell it all, and like, yep, tried that. That didn't work. Where when you got to make payments and you only got two jobs lined up. That's a hard place to be, uh, and I think it can be very discouraging to people, to, to somebody young coming up. Like, man, I got three thousand dollars worth of payments I got to make. You know, I mean, maybe go out and buy something. Maybe you got to learn. You got to pay for your education. You got to work on it a little bit. You got to put some hoses on it. But you know, we're talking about a three thousand dollar a month payment or a eight hundred dollar a month payment. Um, oh yeah, and you you can lose an obscene amount of money in a weekend. I mean, what is a what is a thirty five going for now? Like fifty, sixty k, and then you got you oh, know yeah. if you go out and buy a, a brand new Cummins Dually, you know you're out another hundred grand there, and then you got a trailer, and then you got all the other stuff. Like I I like the old machine and a good relationship with your local rental company. I think that's a good combo. <laughs> that's, oh yeah, that's a back you know, that's a backstop against downtime. Yeah, everybody thinks they got to have a hundred thousand dollar diesel pickup truck. You know, I mean, you know, you don't. I mean, I like I said, I had a ninety five Ford three hundred and fifty. You know, had two hundred and I don't know how many thousand miles on it. And no, I didn't. It didn't pull the mountain. You know, at eighty mile an hour. But we got there. I got the job done, and you know, everything I had was paid for. So it's like you know there it's a good way to start the business. You know, I've mm-hmm. built up capital before I quit my job to have enough to pay me a paycheck and to have enough yeah. to do repairs. And cause you know, you might buy that used machine and it may last for, for a year before you got to do anything to it. So yeah. Yeah. You have a brand. I mean, and everybody I know that has new stuff, they're like, Oh, it's in the shop because of the death. Oh, it's in the shop because of this. Oh, it's under warranty. Well, if you don't have the machine, I mean, there's a lot of times where we can blow a hose or have something go wrong. Within an hour, two hours, I can have it fixed, and we're back working. I don't have yeah. time to drag that thing on a trailer. You know, my closest dealer for anything <laughs> is at least 30 minutes away. Drag it up there. Of course, they don't have any mechanics. They're far behind. Wait on them to fix it. And what am I going to tell my customers? Yeah, I'm just going to sit here. Or then you're going to have to still make your payment and go rent a machine. And where we live, renting a machine to do one job you're probably not going to make any money off the job oh really Uh, yeah i mean for the rental rate and you go to rent a machine for two days three days i mean and if you go pick it up or have it delivered i mean if you go to rent a machine you need to do two to three jobs and let the first job pay for it and the profits on the next two Um, Mm -hmm. 
I think that's me personally. Um, and that's a, you know, now you're double, you've got a payment on a machine you can't use and you've got to pay your rental. That's my old yeah. stuff. I can go to the local auto parts and I, I can probably make it run. <laughs> we can get the job finished, you know, and, and then they're terrible. again, going back to have relationships. Yeah. I, I've heard terrible things about, uh, newer equipment and, and all this, uh, next gen emission stuff and the deaf fluid and the burners and you know it just it doesn't last it's there's so much to go wrong inside these newer machines i think that for uh you know for a big business that has the capital to buy things cash and uh and and sells them while they're still fairly new i i can see how it would make sense having nice new machines and a warranty especially when you're trying to keep employees and employees don't generally want to run super old stuff but yeah it, it's I, I don't think the reliability is nearly as much of a selling point on new gear as it used to be. I know it certainly isn't with trucks. I have more experience with that. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, uh, you know, when truck manufacturers are making trucks without engines and transmissions, and then you go put a 20-year-old engine and transmission in it so it can be reliable, what's that tell you? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I... Yeah, I, I keep all my stuff nice. If something breaks, we fix it. I mean, even if it's a light, if it's anything, I fix it. I don't let it go. I don't let it, you know, oh, that'll be fine. The lights don't work. Yeah. No, I keep it. I buy touch-up paint from the factory. I keep the paint touched up, keep it clean. Um, you know, and nobody's ever come up and be like, man, you got an old excavator. Yeah, and I do. I have I have two of them that are old, but... I can keep them running. I keep them looking nice. Uh, you know, and my thing is, is I can't, if you go buy a $200,000 excavator and I got a $50,000 excavator, well, you really can't charge any more than I can. Yeah. Except you're making a payment, you know, and I'm not. Yeah. Or making, I'm making a lot less of a payment. And that's where, like I see, everybody's like, oh, you need a tilt rotator and you need this and you need the grade control and you need tremble and all that. I'm like, well, yeah that's all great but you're spending you're going to have two hundred thousand dollars in the same machine and i'm going to have fifty thousand dollars in it well you really mm -hmm. can't charge any more by the hour <laughs> for your tilt rotator and your grade control than i can mm. so are we really making more money if somebody i mean who's making the most money off of this Cat. That's kind of the way I look at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who who's footing the bill? Yeah, you know, that's exactly. Volvo, John Deere. Um, yeah. So, what would you tell somebody? You got all this experience. Uh, you're still kind of in the trenches. You're a few years in. Um, what would you tell someone who's starting out right now? Uh, they they're thinking to quit their job. They want to get a truck and a trailer and a machine, and they want to go out and make a go of it on their own. What would you say to that person? I tell them to go and take it easy. Don't try to go out there and take every job. Go work with somebody. If you're not doing a job where you're working with somebody doing what you want to do, I would tell somebody, go find a contractor. Go find somebody like me or, or any of the other guys around. Go work for them. Go out there and see how they do it. See the little tricks that nobody can tell you. See it. And, and and learn from them. Ask them questions. Do it for six months, a year, whatever you got to do. Get your machine. Go on weekends. Do jobs. 
uh, you know, get practice before you just cut your income off and go out here and say, man, I hope this works, you know, uh, build up some capital, slowly get yours up. You don't have to go out and buy new trucks and new trailers and all new stuff, you know, find out what you need. What, what's your main focus on what you need, not what you want, what you need. Uh, mm-hmm. that's a problem I have a lot. Uh, you know, I wanted a new dozer. And in the last year, we were looking at getting another machine. I'm like, I want a dozer. I want a dozer. I started breaking down all our jobs. And I'm like, I really need another excavator. That's really what's bringing in the money. It's bringing in the jobs. Uh, it'll help us with a logistic standpoint from not having to take one over here and over here. We can have one on the north side of the county, one on the south side of the county. Um, mm-hmm. That's That's been key. Um, you know, where don't just go do what you want, do what you need to do. Find out what you need. Find out where the the niche is that you want to get in. You know, are you going to pour concrete? Are you are you going to just clear land? Okay, well we'll get a machine to start doing that. You know, get something universal, a skid steer, a mini X, and then see where that takes you. Don't necessarily just set on. Well, this is what I want, so that's what I'm going to do. Uh, that would be, in my opinion, the best advice to that's how you get started go work with somebody see what they have see what they use don't quit your job as an electrician thinking you're going to go out here and be a dirt mover and you don't have any experience uh get Mm -hmm. some experience from somewhere um and then be honest with that person that you're going to work with hey i want to start my own but i want to work for somebody will you show me how to do this and if they say no i really don't want to do that then move on to the next guy Somebody will mm-hmm. say, yeah, that's fine. You know, I'll help you and, and get some help because I promise you I couldn't have got where I am without some help from people showing me and, you know, make a relationship with the guy and say, you know, because I've said yes to jobs where I'm like, I don't know how to do this. But I call somebody, hey, man, can you show me how to do this? Oh, yeah, no problem. They come out. Oh, yeah, that's how you do it. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I got it. Um. I think that's a big thing is you need some experience. You know, you can't get it off YouTube, you know, everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good advice. Uh, Thanks for sharing that. Where can people, uh, where can people find you? Uh, Where, where would you like people to follow Um, you online? Yeah. um, I got a Instagram account. It's just fields underscore construction uh, on Instagram. And, um, you know, of course, Fields Construction on Facebook. Um, I don't post as much as I should, but uh, I try to keep some stuff on there and going. More on Instagram than Facebook. Uh, but uh, I'll be glad for everybody to follow along and, and ask questions and reach out if somebody wants to know something. And I'll be glad to tell you what I know or what I don't know. Uh, and if I know anybody that I can send you to to answer your question, I'd be glad to do that too. Okay. Well, you heard the man. Go find Fields Construction on Instagram and Facebook. Give him a follow, like his posts, and uh, maybe send him a message on Facebook and remind him to post more. (laughs) Addison, uh, you're a good dude. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, And I'll post a link to your your social accounts in the podcast description. God, really appreciate you. Let me on. It was a good time. I enjoyed sharing with you. Yeah, thanks, Addison. 
Uh, for everybody listening, thanks for being here. Um, if you want to hear more interviews like this one, the best thing you can do is share the podcast around. Uh, we want to spread the word. We want to get more listens. So uh, fire it out to your excavating buddies and we'll keep them coming. Thanks for being with us. This is the Breaking Ground podcast brought to you by Rankmaster Digital. If you are ready to grow your excavating business, give us a shout. Uh, and thanks again for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.